I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So my first part-time job in the banking job was $7 an hour. I was working with interns, that kind of thing. That was a humbling experience in the sense that just a few months back, I was a boss. Mm-hmm. I was a director mm-hmm. of operation. You know, that kind of thing. Then, then suddenly, I always draw the parallel service shops to $7 an hour. Ah, so how okay. does that kind of like feel like? Okay. All right. <laughs> so that was, old... yeah, that was totally humbling. So I was like, oh, okay, beat myself up. Okay, I continue to study that time. Hello, my name is Andrew and welcome to another episode of Chill with TFC. In today's episode, we'll be chilling with blogger, financial coach, and father of two, Dave, to learn more about his inspirational journey of getting out of debt twice and achieving financial independence by age 40. Let's get into it. Okay, so we have Dave in the house. His blog is Minimalist in the City. So Dave, tell us a bit about yourself, what's your blog, and how long have you been writing it? Hi, my name is Dave. And then together with my wife, Kate, we have started our blog in 2016 mm. when Kate introduced me to this book called The Magic of Cleaning Up or Tidying Up. That's the yeah. Marie Kondo book. Yeah, Marie Kondo book. Mm. So, um, I mean, I have some some kind of like OCD during then. On hindsight, I felt that yeah, I had OCD. But then during then, I was like, oh, I was like thinking, what's the magic of tidying up? I mean, I've been tidying up most of my life. So I was like... What was the magic of it? So is it I, a branding thing? You know, use the word magic, makes people more interested. Uh, yeah, probably, probably. I mean, it's a branding thing, but it does intrigue my curiosity. It's mm. like, I've been like, oh, doing this all my life, but I didn't really feel like any life-changing changes to my life. You know, that kind of thing. So I was like, oh, okay. When I when I read about the book, then I was like, oh, okay. Actually, this really ties up to minimalism. Mm. So then I started to go down the rabbit hole about minimalism. So I, I discovered about the, the minimalists from the US. So that's why I read more about the blog. And then we happened to be moving to a new place. And so I was thinking of some ID design, that kind of thing. So to me, minimalism initially was something very visual. So it's like something, oh yeah, I just keep a very nice house like Muji like inspired mm. kind of house but actually as time goes by I don't really think that was the main thing about about minimalism which I felt late like I mean probably like five six years later when I was li- living like a minimalist so it's not like what people perceive like uh, the Instagram kind of photo like a Muji must be white brown or I mean white brown does play a part but you need to know why white and wood does calm your heart mm. probably that is the main reason why people do it like white and then use wood because it calms your heart. You It makes your mind clearer when you have lesser stuff around. Like example, like in this room, it's like, well, I see a lot of wires laying around. Mm. So my focus is being diverted. It's like, oh, wait, how come this wire is... I mean, probably probably the OCD me does that. But okay, okay. probably probably it's just me. But uh, I, I guess if it's neater, then, then probably you can focus better and your mind is clearer. So we can focus better on the conversation, hard to hard talk, rather than just focusing, oh yeah, well, how come this place is so messy, that kind of thing, yeah. But it, it kind of like make you focus better from the mental stage. So it's like uh, mentally I was like, oh, okay. So I just have to focus 
on my conversation with you today. So I don't have to focus on any other thing. So is minimalism about helping you to focus or how would you define minimalism? So uh, for me, minimalism uh, is kind of like minimizing, decluttering for a start. So that's what I did initially. Uh, declutter, I went through the whole decluttering thing room by room. It's like, they started to look, eh, it's much neater. So I started to having lesser stuff, but the, the lesser stuff was just a beginning. So initially it was the stuff that people thought, oh yeah, have lesser stuff, mm-hmm. then you can oh, enjoy the life. But That's actually- the tips and tricks you yeah, get on yeah. minimalism. Yeah, block, correct. Right? Those, yeah. those are the, like the beginning stage. Yeah, yeah. Those. those is like, you can go through it, but yet probably you still might not feel the ultimate feeling of being uh, a minimalist, that kind of thing. Okay. So the ultimate feeling of being a minimalist is after seven years, right, as a minimalist, I can tell you confidently <laughs> that it's not about having lesser stuff, having a Muji inspired home. It's not about having neater home or something like that. But it's more about letting go because decluttering is is a is a is a action of letting go. So it's about letting go of your past, right. letting go of your ego. It might be letting go of your past hatred mm. with, with someone, and letting go of probably yourself so that you can go forward to a future that you don't live based on your past. So it's like a new lease of life. So you just focus on the future. So you don't have to think like what happened like 10 or 20 years back, uh, something bad happened to you, that kind of thing. So it's about letting go of that, that feeling, the experience, and then start to forgive people. I mean, maybe certain people that created certain hardship in your life, you you start to eh, let go. Once you let go, I, I can tell you that was the most liberating feeling to, to experience as a person or as a minimalist. I mean, it's, it's all very physical space, right? Yeah, it's, it's all is physical. physical. Yeah. But you mentioned focus, so that's mental. Yeah, that's and mental. that's yeah, also correct. the emotional aspects yeah, correct. Emotional and aspect. spiritual, because you're talking about letting go, you know, yeah, letting correct. go of hatred. We can go deeper into that, you know, physical aspects. You can go check out Minimalist in the City. Yeah, you can <laughs> just check out the blog, me. all the yeah. tips are there. <laughs> Minimalism is really Popular topic in the yeah, last few correct. years, right? There's right. lots of tips and tricks out there. But yeah. since this is a podcast, you can really afford to go deeper yeah, and find right. out more about what have you... Is there something they can think of about letting go? Letting go of some something that like my my dad did, probably by uh, a bit of history. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, during our childhood, I mean, with my younger siblings, we don't really feel like we're lacking anything. So it's like my, my father was a salesman. My mother was a, a housewife. My dad just ferry us to school, ferry us to anywhere that we want to go to. So we don't really feel like anything is lacking. So as I slightly uh, grow slightly older, when I'm in like secondary school, then I started to feel like my my father started to do some part-time jobs at night on top of his sales job. Then I, my mother started to work as a factory production worker at night for a night shift. So during daytime, together with my brother, who is just one year apart, we are taking care of our younger sister who is like eight years apart. Okay. Are you the eldest? Ah, yeah, I'm the eldest. You're the eldest. Okay. So we kind of like, during daytime, I was like, I, I, I'm the eldest. So I, I got to kind of like take care of them, yeah. that kind of thing. So because my mom is is resting, I mean, after a night shift, she feels very tired. So she just need to rest, that kind of thing. We're talking yeah. about letting go though. So what did you have to let go in this case? That was the time when I was like in NS, when I signed on for as a regular in Air Force. At the same time, during when I was in Air Force, that, uh, my father actually uh, got retrenched. And during that time, I think we just shifted to a new place. Mm. I think probably five years back. Then we were thinking about the mortgage. So mm. when my father was retrenched, then we don't know that how much was the mortgage. I think probably during that was like 1,001 or 1,002 or something like that. So during that, I was like, wow, we just started working and then to kind of like 
to pay for this mortgage is something that we can't do because after my father got retrenched, I think he got some hard time trying to find a job. So that's when we came to the conclusion with my, bro- my brother, who is just one year apart. We came to the conclusion that we should sell the place because I don't think we can we can we can we can pay for the mortgage. But you were in you were a regular? How old are you and your brother? Uh during then probably we were like 22, 23 or something. Oh, and like talking about you know, selling the house, you know, making uh, yeah, big, yeah, family yeah, big family decisions. Yeah. So I was like discussing with my mom. I mean, my dad my dad was kind of like out during that time. So mm. I discussing with my mom, we discussing with my brother. My brother also just started working. So uh we kind of like hey, we had some savings, that kind of thing. So we were thinking like why not we just sell this house? Then we go and buy something that we can, which can be fully paid for. Mm-hmm. So we kind of like, we have some, we work like a few years. So we have some money in the CPF OA account. Mm. So we kind of like contributed to the new place, which is fully paid up. Okay. And then, then we realized that, eh, not just, not just the retrenchment that is hurting us. My brother, my, my father does have some debt because he's a, he's a, I mean, during then, then I know he has some debt and then he was, addicted to gambling. So I didn't know that. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't know that. So then we tried to, our focus was lessen the the liabilities. And then at the same time, we tried to, to pay off all the debts. How basically. much was the debt if it's okay to share? Actually, I can't remember how much of that, but I think probably, figures? no, I think probably in the five figures, okay. which, is, which is still okay. Mm. So but we I mean, kind of like, the where we know of the family got retrenched. Yeah, and on correct. top of that, I mean, if you have some savings, it's actually quite, yeah. you can still but the go thing, by. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, we don't yeah. have savings at all. No so, savings and yeah. you have debt. Okay. Yeah, you have debt. So it's like, you are one step lower. And so, you're in your early 20s, right? Yeah, yeah. correct. So we uh, we took out some personal loans together with my brother to kind of like pay for some of the renovation because mm. that old, the, the new place we are getting, the kitchen is like getting very old. So we, we have no choice but to take some uh, personal loans just to pay that off. Mm. But that was a very good experience for me because mm. like, eh, I never been in at that age. I never been in debt before, so it's like that was the first time I was like, "Oh yeah, I didn't know that people can get into debt if you didn't manage your finance well." Mm. So that was like, uh, that was like during then. Then, uh, so it's your first exposure to well, reality. Yeah, reality, right? Reality, it's like, oh yeah, people can actually get into debt. You know yeah. that kind of feeling. So and about it's like finances as well. Yeah, finances. Yeah. So that's, that's that's when I think about hmm. Maybe I should read more about finance. So uh, mm. so during then I was we we kind of like got out of debt. Within one or two years, I mean, the personal will repay, my father's loan will repay. So we were kind of like debt free. And, mm. th- and that, that feeling feel, feel, felt quite good. Okay. It, it was that feeling that caused me to kind of like, find, I want to deep dive into like personal finance, you know, mm. that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, how, come, how come people, they are working, but they are still struggling financially after so many years? It's like, oh, how can that be possible? So that's where I deep dive. And I, I, I read a, a lot of like personal finance book. I think during then, the, the ultimate book that actually brought me a different perspective on our relationship with money, mm. which is the rich that poor that. Mm, okay. So they talk about asset, they talk about liability, but then it was the another book, the second book, the quadrant, which is cash flow quadrant. Mm. So how you get your cash flow, all these things. So you talk about the quadrant, the EBSI. Ding ding. What is cash flow quadrant? Cash flow quadrant is a concept created by Robert Kiyosaki, author of Rich Dad Poor Dad. It is a model that explains the four ways a person can generate income or cash flow as the name suggests. There are four quadrants, ESBI, which stands for employee, self-employed, business owner, and investor. So I was thinking of exploring the self-employed and then at the same time, I was thinking of exploring business and investor. Yeah, so mm-hmm. how does it work? It's like, mm-hmm. what is the pros and cons of it? So that, that challenge became my life goal. 
So when I, I didn't stay in the Air Force for too long because I want to explore this. this right. This, You'll this. be an E if you stay in the Air yeah, Force. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. So, so I started out like, uh, because my, my father was retired, so we can't find a job. So we, together with my brother, we kind of like think of, hmm, what can we let him do? So mm. we were thinking like, mm. oh yeah, let's just start a company. We start a company, then we bought our first van for delivery so services. Who's in a business? You and your brother? And, oh, yeah, my brother. And so your father? You roped him uh, in? Or? Yeah, roped him because okay, he's like, okay. yeah, we, we, we try, yeah, it's kind of like a family business. So, okay. but um, together with my father, uh, we are kind of like running the whole show. La. So we do some delivery there, there and here. So we side hustle a lot because with a delivery van, it's like your tool to kind of like, uh, to earn money, that kind of thing. So in that sense, I kind of like tasted a bit of a self-employed. Mm. But then, then I was thinking, uh, mm, self-employed actually, if you're not there, actually, actually- You're still working. It's, it's not a business yet. Yeah, it's still uh, not a business uh, yet. So- so that was, but, but it's a very good opener. It's like, hey, how do you run 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 your business as a self-employed, that kind of thing. But you still need you to be physically there. I mean, if you are sick, you can't earn an income. Um, if you are old, probably you can't carry on doing all this thing. So that's when I started explore. Uh, it was side hustling. La. I mean, after mm-hmm. the Air Force, it was, everything was like side hustling. Okay. It's like I, I held some full-time job, like some of them doing night shifts, some of them doing day shift, that kind of thing. But then, like, if I'm doing night shift, then day shift, I will help out with my father. Then that of kind of like to, go, to explore, like, what kind of opportunities are there in the delivery services? Like nowadays, it's such a big thing, like Ninja Van. It's like Grab. It's so it's so popular now. But during then, it was like it's so it's so raw. It's so it's so. I mean, just delivery or basically just a delivery mm-hmm. man. Yeah, it's nothing about technology or thing. But I was like thinking about the business side of it. So from the business side of it, you manage your finance, you 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 kind of like manage your cash flow, that kind of thing. So that kind of give me some knowledge in the sense that, oh yeah, how do you manage the cash flow? Mm. If I'm really going to start a business today, what what is going to be a cash flow of a company going to be like? Mm. One day, like my good friend came to me, then they talked about this franchise opportunity to open up a retail shop. Oh, okay. And then that, 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 that was the big break for me. It was like, wow, right. I've been looking for this all my life. And then probably my friend sees something in me that I didn't see myself. It's like, I've been like side hustling yeah, all my hustling. life. Yeah, I've been hustling. So it's like, he said, wow, how come this person can like work night shift, then day shift, do something else? And then it's like, well, what is this person trying to do? Yeah. So probably he sees something in me that I didn't see myself. So he kind of like gave me this opportunity to join in this business venture. Mm. It's your chance to go from one quadrant to the other, right? Yeah, yeah. You so, self-employed and now finally you get to run a business. Yeah, so I'm all in. Yeah. So it's a retail shop, kind of like mama shop kind of concept. Yeah, it's a, it's a mama shop. So okay. it's like a... With a few outlets. Yeah, so yeah. it's actually called a bus kiosk. So, yeah, so, okay. yeah bus okay. kiosk. So that's, that's the kiosk. You see those you at see the, the interchange, interchange or this okay. selling newspaper. I mean, a very simple concept, but that was an opener business. for me yeah. in terms of business. It's like, oh, okay, why not? We just start with small shop, uh, HTB shop, uh, HTB uh, block. Mm-hmm. And then we started out there. Then as time goes by, then I started to go a bit deeper into the business. Then we started to acquire more franchise and then more shops. Then at one point of time, we were like, we were at the age of 29. Then we have like, at one time, together with my partners, we were having like seven shops under our wing. So it's like, wow, it seems so good from <laughs> yeah, the outside. It's like, made it. Yeah, yeah it's like, oh, made it in life. It's, it's not that kind yeah, of thing. Businessman. Yeah, correct. Entrepreneur. So, yeah, entrepreneur. So I kind of like, oh, I fulfilled the B quadrant. But then as time goes by, uh, things didn't go as planned. Together with my partners, with our our. our Original objective was quite simple, but then when money goes into, more money or more estate goes into the equation, it becomes like a greed comes in. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, okay. so certain wow. certain values, certain ethics will not be obeyed. Okay. You know that kind okay. of thing. So to me, integrity, ethics, principle, values, uh, is what Dave, uh, Dave is made up of. Mm. So I cannot, I can, I can forsake money, but I cannot forsake my belief, my value, all these things. So because all these uh, conflicts, the relationship kind of like turned sour. So mm. I, I exited the business, but that was like a business in still in the infant stage. Mm. So it's like three years into a business, a lot of this is actually sunken cost. So actually I took up a bit of loan, personal loans. I sold, uh, and all my saving went into the business mm. and I sold off all my insurance coverage. I mean, insurance during then. Mm. So it's, I was like totally bad. I mean, on high side, that was a very risky move. So actually it's like everything all in, it's like all yeah. in. So during then, I was at the age of 29 mm. when I was feeling at my peak. At the same time, I was feeling at rock bottom where I exited business because I was in debt. Oh, and because you took a personal loan under your name. Yeah, correct. How much that was that? It's, it's near six figure. Six I figure. mean, a low six figure. Right, three right, figure, right. Yeah. yeah. So collectively it was that. So I was like, at my broad bottom, I don't mm. know what to do next. So I was like, kind of like, we saw, I sold off my car. I kind of like uh, sell off some of my investment, that kind of thing. So actually during, when I was doing business, I was doing something else. So I was doing invest. So I was doing some investing during then, but I got to sell off some of the investment just to, just to pay off some of the debt. But it was still it was still huge for me. I mean, after I pay off everything, I was still I'm still in debt. I was quite shell shocked. I mean, at that point of time, I didn't feel really very sad. I just feel like, what what, what happened? You know? Yeah. That kind of thing. <laughs> do, do, do you see a parallel between you and your? Because I mean, both of you got into debt. How you got there is very different. Yeah. Correct. I mean, he he was gambling. Yeah, he was gambling. Yeah, correct. And well, some people frowned upon that. Yeah, correct. Whereas for you, you you were. You were entrepreneurial, you were yeah, hardworking, you were hustling. Yeah, hustling. You're working so hard, yeah, do your own correct. business, and and yet you still got into debt. In fact, we were six figures, but then yeah. I was five figures. Yeah, correct, like, correct. Like, what's that? Yeah. How do you feel? Like, you know, life slapped you in the face. Like, what yeah, did I do yeah, wrong, yeah, right? Do you feel unfair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some bitterness, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, correct. I, I I really did feel like, wow, I'm working so hard, but why, why did I fall into this, like, this, uh, to me, it's like a graveyard. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, why did I fall into this graveyard? This pit hole of my life is like, why, why do I have the experience that even though I've been working so hard all my life, uh, ethically, I mean, I, I I didn't like, I mean, I didn't go shortcut to earn money, that kind mm. of thing. Why, why, why does this thing happen to me? It took me a while to, to grasp, like, eh, I didn't do anything wrong. Mm. It's just that the, the, the thing didn't work out. Okay. Yeah. And while I was just exploring the B and I quadrant, B didn't work out. So I focused on the I. So actually at the time I have some I, I've been like, investor for quite a number of years. Mm. So I was like, hey, yeah, actually that part did quite well for me. So why not I kind of like focus on that part? I mean, I try out both. I mean, one didn't work out. Option one didn't work out. So I tried, I continue to do option two. So, but then the, the debt was like, I mean, it's quite huge. So uh, I, mean, I mean, to me during that point of time, it was like quite huge. So I was like, uh, I got to sell off some of my investment, even though some of that are doing well, but I got to kind of like oh, sell off some of them to mm. repay the debt just to get me Back to ground zero, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Neutral, back, back to, to zero, neutral. Back to neutral. Yeah, back yeah. to zero, right? So, but it also took me quite a while. So the the most humbling experience I have during that time, right, was I was, on top of all this hustling, all this, I was doing my part-time degree. Okay. Yeah, correct. You're a busy man. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I don't really have time to think about anything else. Right, so I was like right. still doing my part-time degree. I, mean, I still had like, one year to go. Mm. So I'm supposed to graduate at the age of 30. I was 29. So I was thinking, it was, I will graduate. So I was studying about banking and finance. So I wanted to go into banking and finance. That was my kind of like my backup plan if the business didn't work out. But I still haven't, the thing is I haven't, still haven't graduated. So I was like, 
looking for a job, but they won't employ me because I, I don't have the degree, you know, that kind of thing. So I was like looking into it and I was like, oh, okay, I will just do part-time. Mm. So my first part-time job in the banking job was $7 an hour. I was working with interns, that kind of thing. It's, that was a humbling experience in the sense that just a few months back, I was a boss. Mm-hmm. I was a director mm-hmm. of operation, you know, that kind of thing. Then, then suddenly, I always draw the parallel service shops to $7 an hour. Ah, so how okay. does that kind of like feel like? Okay. All right. <laughs> so that was, old- yeah, that was totally humbling. So I was like, oh, okay, pick myself up. Okay, I continue to study at that time, earn some income along the way. Then eventually, I, was, I got a job in the banking uh, as a maternity cover, which is like for three to four months. Oh. But then within the three to four months, I showed some potential, they extended my contract. Then eventually, I, oh yeah, I got a full-time job eventually. So during that, I was like, kind of like still repaying my debt. Mm. So I got to manage my portfolio, my investment portfolio at that time. I still have a a bit of money there. Investment, put some money into investment, put some money into the debt, and then the rest of the money, then I got to kind of like, for my living expenses. You still haven't, you haven't started the block already? Uh, During then, no. Not yet. Yeah. Okay, so this was all before the block. Yeah, all before the yeah. block. So when did you was, clear yeah. your second debt, your personal debt in the business? It took me about like two, three years, I two, think. Two, three years. Two, three years. Of to working clear hard. Working hard. Managing your investments. Yeah, managing my investment. Then the investment gain and dividends, I kind of like use it to pay for part of the loan and mm-hmm. kind of thing. It took me a while. Uh, during then was like, because it's like all credit card debt, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I was like, I received a lot of notices. That's, yeah quite mentally draining. Stressful. Yeah, yeah stressful. So mm. I collect. But I, I took it like, uh, I was very disciplined. Mm. I was very organized. I kept all the all the notes mm. during that. So I was like, oh, I'll make sure I, do, I, I got to pay this minimum sum for this. I got to pay the full sum for this. And then I kept an Excel spreadsheet just to monitor all of my debts have been promptly paid. Mm. And that was my plan for the next two, three years. And, and eventually I got out of it. And then, uh, actually at that point of time where I was like, kind of like, in deep debt, but I didn't really tell my wife about it during okay. that. You were already married. Uh, actually, we were not, uh, not married when I was in debt. Mm-hmm. So that was like in 2010. Okay. So 2010 is like, oh, that was my rock bottom. Mm. But then I was, my wife was still my girlfriend during that. Mm-hmm. So it, she, she kept faith with, with me. I mean, the business didn't work out. She tried to find job I mean, in the banking sector for me. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't lose faith in this whole thing. Maybe mm-hmm. there's something something that she sees in me, probably I didn't see in myself again. So I kind of went to banking and repaying all the debt. Then eventually got married in 2012. It's like two years later. We managed to save up some money for the marriage. And then we saved some money for our potential new house, which will come in like two years later. Okay. So- and this time uh, you cleared the debt already, right? Uh, but by that time, I already, already cleared, cleared my debt. Like, okay, yeah, okay. correct. Uh, so I managed to kind of save some money. But I think, yeah, I mean, I, I'm very appreciative of my wife. I mean, I was like, down and out, but she stayed with me through thick and thin. Mm-hmm. I didn't really tell her about my problem. I kept it to myself. Mm-hmm. Probably many years later, then I revealed yeah. to her I was in so much debt. That kind of thing. <laughs> how, how did then she, she respond? Like, Why didn't you tell me? Yeah, I didn't tell you. Well, because because I, didn't, I, I didn't really ask for help. I didn't really ask for like my father to help me, my brother to help me, mm-hmm. my my girlfriend to help me, you know, like or, or even my best friend to help me, you know, that kind of thing. So I was trying to resolve all this within myself because I I brought myself into this stage. So I need to, I mean, to pull out my sleeve, I got to work, work it out myself. Okay. So during that was like, it's a, it's a mentally stressful. I mean, I, I, if on high side, probably I went through quite a bit of stress during that. But I was like too busy to think about stress. I mean, I was trying to repay. I mean, I have a plan in place. I need to repay the debt, that kind of thing. Then it was during that when I got married, 
that I jot down, the first time I jot down the plan that I want to achieve financial independence in 10 years, that kind of thing. Right, it seems like in your 20s, you know, 20 to 30 years so life hasn't been that smooth sailing and then yeah, correct. after that, you it's like 30 to 40. Yeah, correct. I, uh, if I got a timeline right, you're in your early 40s now? Yeah, correct, early 40s. Okay. And Just turned 40 last year. What's your financial situation right now? We kind of like reached financial independence mm. last year. Mm. So financial independence means very different things for, for different people. But for us during then, because my financial independence was penned down last 10 years ago. So during then, I just want to grow a portfolio that can give up income or dividend that can kind of like satisfy our basic needs. And I got to emphasize on the basic needs. My basic need is basically based on the Maslow hierarchy of needs. Ding, ding. Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs proposes that all humans have five progressive levels of needs. So imagine a pyramid. At the bottom will be physiological needs. On top of that will be safety, followed by love, esteem, and at the top of the pyramid will be self-actualization. So the bottom two was, uh, I think was security, yeah, uh, physiological safety needs. Mm. So basically having a roof over your your, your head yeah. and then uh, having your having send your kids to childcare, that kind of thing, food on the table, paying your utility bills, all this stuff, having some basic insurance coverage, that kind of thing. Yeah, we fulfilled that requirement mm. uh, last year. Okay. But then we were thinking, oh yeah, but, but COVID actually got us thinking a lot about our life. So 10 years back, we were thinking about that. So we kind of like achieved it. But then at the same time, we were thinking, well, I'm only 40. I still got so so long to go, right? What am, I going to do? what am I going to do next? Yeah, I mean, we still got so much potential and so much thing that we can do that can we actually contribute back to the society, okay. to the community. So we're thinking, hey, actually, what, what is financial independence? I mean, financial independence is not about just you can retire and then you don't have to do anything, that kind of thing. But now we're thinking, how do we, COVID got us thinking, is that how do we make us make us more useful and then contribute back to the society, make our life meaningful mm-hmm. in a sense that work on something, our passion project, that was something that we're very passionate about, something that keep us awake. Why we want to wake up every day in the morning is because we are doing something very fulfilling. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So COVID got us thinking about that. And then I was thinking, oh yeah, maybe I should. Initially, I was exploring a lot of things. I was like, well, what, what should I do? I was like, um, minimalism, financial. Then I was like thinking, or oh, should I be a minimalism coach or financial coach? You know, that kind of thing. So I kind of like, uh, I think my financial experience, mm. which I got into like two times that in my lifetime. And then I got into kind of like financial independence in my own way. Why not I let that experience to help people? Mm. To help people like manage their debt, manage their, their their assets, manage their cash flow. But the ultimate aim, right, for me to go into financial coaching is kind of like I'm trying to help people who face the same problems that, as what I did mm. in the past. So it's like, well, uh, I, I find I find my class of people is the most challenging. It's like the sandwich class. Mm. So I got to take care of the elderly, we gotta take care of the young kids, like that kind of thing. Kids now. Yeah, correct. So it's like, wow, okay, how do people even achieve financial independence where you've got to manage yeah. 
the old and then we gotta reach the young that kind of thing so I want to have some uh, I want to set some purpose and goals for me going into this right. job I don't want it to be just about money it's mm-hmm. like oh yeah I just want to earn the most money out of this profession or whatever so uh, my goal is to like help people who face the same problem as, I, as me young kids uh, old parents that kind of thing give people mm-hmm. more options it's actually to me it's all about like resources so time is a resource uh, your money is a resource your house is a resource so how you actually allocate all this right in the right places that's where kind of like minimalism helps me it's mm-hmm. like oh yeah oh, minimalism let me focus better so I just declutter the rest that is frivolous and then you just focus on those things that is most important to you so it's like doing budgeting you know I mean most people don't do budgeting but I mean budgeting does help you to kind of like focus all your resources on those things that actually brings value to you and mm-hmm. so I didn't I didn't know that you, you wouldn't know all this until you try it yeah you find out what works for you because yeah, I'm sure some of our listeners they might be as hardworking as you are trying out different things mm. you know being a headless chicken running about in all yeah, directions yeah, right correct, correct. and we talk about minimalism about mm. decluttering but yeah, apart correct. from decluttering physical stuff in your life yeah, right, it's also about your life itself you yes, know, keeping what's truly essential yeah, correct. so to do a quick recap right mm. of your amazing journey mm. early 20s you cleared your family debt mm. and then 20 to 30 years old you were hustling hard However, at 30 years old, you got into debt again. Mm. Your, this time it's your own personal debt that you have to clear. You took yeah. two to three years. Mm. Uh, all this while uh, you were dating and finally you got married and then you set a goal to achieve financial independence. Mm. And you finally did it after mm. the 10 years ten from 30 years, years old, right? You, you achieved it last year mm. at 40 years old. Mm. 20, 30, 40. Like yeah, it's one, one hell of a journey. Yeah, correct. <laughs> all right, yeah. two times that. Yeah. Now, financial independence with mm. two kids. Mm. Yeah, correct. Some more, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, Tying back to letting go, because mm. we were talking about letting go at yeah, the start, correct. right? Yeah. Looking back, what, what did you have to let go to get to where you are? During the 10 years journey of financial independence, is it, during the middle, like 2016, 2017, when I started the blog, when I started the minimalism journey, initially it was just decluttering. Then after that, actually, ultimately it was letting go. So when I talk about let go, is talking about, oh yeah, do I still hate my father for mm. what he did? Yeah. I mean... I don't hate him as much anymore. I mean, I start to forgive him, that kind of thing. I start mm-hmm. to kind of like treat him nicer. Uh, because during my childhood, we had a lot of quarrels, all these things. As, yeah. a, as the elders of the family, I was like quarreling with him. I almost like feel like punching him at times. Okay. So it was quite, it was quite bad. I mean, yeah. the, the Especially when finances are Yeah, I didn't know that finances tough, can actually, know, yeah. yeah, can actually cause me to do that. Mm, yeah. Okay. Then... When I started to forgive him, then I started, you know, it's, it felt very liberating. It's like, wow, I put down everything already. It's like all the so-called dark times that I went through, it's mm. like, I started to kind of like forgive some of my business partner, that kind of thing. Started to forgive my dad. Then let go of my past. Whatever happened has already happened. Now I'm something like, what well, I'm going to look forward to the future. That that was the eye-opener for me uh, to, to feel in this 10 years of journey. That was the, I think that was the, that was the best part that I felt. Even better than the financial independence. Mm-hmm. You know, like, everyone is like searching for financial independence, then they don't have to work for the rest of life. That kind of, but the letting go is the best part. So that's when I decided to let go of my financial independence. So we kind of like, we moved on to a new place. And then together with we my wife, we did a mid-career switch. Mm. To me, is I'm doing financial coaching right now, which is something that I'm very passionate about. 
my wife went into something that she's very passionate about. I mean, in her own space. So if we don't let go of uh, the past, the financial independence, let go of our, our career, mm. let go of our status during that, we couldn't have like achieved what we have achieved today. Mm. Now we are kind of like doing our dream job. We have a very good reason to wake up every day. Uh, a lot of people are thinking about retiring early, all this stuff, right? Yeah. So that thought totally dissipated. Like, you cannot rest, one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, correct. So you got to keep yourself busy. Yeah, <laughs> correct. So that, that thought dissipated. So I was thinking, yeah, Actually, financial millionaire is just a it's just like a stepping stone mm. for you to know what you actually want in your life, and then you kind of like oh you let go of everything, then you find something that you are very passionate about, and then work as long as possible. That's what I would advise the younger me. That kind of thing is initially we were thinking about retire early, financially, but it's very it's very simple thinking. It's like oh yeah, I just don't want to work. You don't have to like your boss. That kind of thing. It's it's very simple. But actually, mm. there's 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 actually more to it. very passionate about what you're doing. Like what I'm doing right now is like my podcast. If I kind of like retire early, I won't be able to do all this stuff, right? To share my life story, to kind of like inspire people. So I, I kind of like split my life 20 to 30 is like 10 years time, right? Yeah. 10 years time, you can go from, I mean, hero to zero, that kind of thing. Mm. But I also share with you from 30 to 40, another 10 years can get you from zero to hero. That you went was, from negative to yeah, zero. Yeah. And then zero to where you are now. So, that's what I believe. I always tell people to not to lose hope. Any 10 years, right, you can achieve a lot of things. It's like what I've achieved in the last 10 years. I never thought of that. 20 to 30, I was doing so many stuff. It's like, I, I, now on high side, I was like, wow, what, what am I thinking doing that? It's like, mm. am, I, am I crazy? You know, like, I spent so much time on all this thing. Then in the 30 and 40, I was like, also working very hard. But then I was thinking, wow, what will be the next phase of life? It's like everyone is just looking forward to retirement at the age of 62. What am I going to do for the next 20 to 25 years? So that's where I started to think about, uh, okay, why not? Why don't we just throw the financial independence so-called status away? Let go of that status. Let go of that status. Mm. Throw everything. We move into a new place. We started our new career all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it all boils down to why why am I now a financial coach? It's because it boils down to all about planning. Mm. And having a very detailed plan actually helps. Yeah. So that's, that's explain why when I detailed the 10-year plan, it kind of like, oh, they, there's some resemblance. I mean, the dreams or certain things that we do might deviate a bit. Yeah. Uh, but the original goal was there. The original goal was met. So I want people to believe that, not to lose hope. Within 10 years, right, you can actually change your life around. To kind of like, don't I, I, I talked to a lot of people, they felt very trapped mm. in, in my age group. They felt very sure it's like, well, 20 years in their own career because they haven't been like doing other stuff. They've been working as an employee, earning their income, that kind of thing. But then I thought of like, hey, there are actually other options in life that you can actually try out. So I want people to feel not be not to be trapped mm. by this like society, society expectation. It's like, oh yeah, once you graduate from school, you got to find a a stable job, work there for 10, 30 years and then you have a very good retirement that kind of thing. Mm. I want people to think outside the box. It's like, eh, then maybe spend 10 years, go and experiment and the courage to experiment everything you want. And then the next 10 years, go and find something that you can focus on. And then the next 10 years, probably you can do something else. Life shouldn't be like a one career kind of Oh, how do you say that? Like linear a, from eight yeah, it's a like linear. It's like a template. It's like a template. Right, okay. Yeah, it's okay. like template. Or this by this age must do yeah. this. By this age must do this. Uh, at this age, don't take risks or mm. don't do mid career switch. Very dangerous. You might 
lose everything, that kind of thing. So I want I want people to kind of like open up their mind and think that, yeah, by the age of 30, at the age of 40, you have a lot of options around. Mm. It's just about kind of like, in my financial coaching, it's about right-sizing your resources. So if you can right-size your house, so you have more opportunity to explore other things. A lot of people spend too much on the so-called these resources, all the social status symbols, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. You, you felt a bit trapped, right? For us, we together with Kate, so we were thinking like, yeah, even if five years down the road, this thing doesn't work out. We can just sell the flat, I mean, the, the, the house, and then we kind of like, just explore something different. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's that feeling of being able to let go of that status. That was the most uh, amazing feeling that I felt at that point of time when I made the decision to do mm. this. How yeah. do you coach your clients on that though? What if someone comes up to you? How do I let go? How do I find out what's important and essential for yeah. me? What do you have to say to them? For my line of business, actually I do only full financial planning. I don't really focus on products mm. because I want to really know my client inside out. To know what are the resources they have, what are the assets they have, how much time they spend on certain things, how busy they are with their work, do they like their work, and to right-size their resources in a way that give them more options. Like if they have like 20 or 30 um, insurance policies, that's kind of like tying them down, that kind of thing. Why not? You, in a minimalist way, try to simplify it. 20, 30, maybe consider it to 10 or make finance simpler. So my talk today is all about making finance simpler. Because as your as you work, your assets grow, right? Wow, it becomes more challenging to manage your assets. So I want to simplify everything for them in terms of finances, then they can have more options. Like if, if they need to downgrade their house mm. to achieve their dream, let it be. Because it's all about letting go. Letting go of something and then achieve what you want. That, that, that is the main thing. Mm. So you can let go of anything is the most important advice I will give to them. Because some people, they are like working in the 40s, 50s. They can't let go of their, their title. They can't let go of their... Their, their, their desire like that. Oh, I've spent like 30 years as a teacher that kind of thing oh, I'm going to let go of all this I'm, I'm still very passionate about it but certain aspect of it I don't really like it but why not you kind of like explore something like or maybe become a full-time tutor then you can spend more time on tutoring you know, make your time more efficient and then focus on your passions rather than just holding a full-time job just for the sake of holding the full-time job meeting the statutory age of retiring at 62, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's like a template. You it's like, follow what? the path. Yeah, you yeah. don't have it. You, you don't really, path. yeah. So it's basically let people have the option to do that, to travel the path that is less traveled. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if someone comes up to you and asks you, Dave, you know, how do I find out what's essential to me in life? Mm. What would you say to them? I only know that through minimalism. So if someone asks me about that, I think they need to experience minimalism in a way. If not, I don't think I have a very proper advice to tell them uh, like, oh, what, what should you need to do, that kind mm. of thing. But what I could probably advise them is have the courage and the adventurous mindset in your mind to go and experience all kinds of things. Once you experience all kinds of things, more all kinds of things, all kinds of emotions come in, then you will know what is essential for you. Mm. It's not something that your parents can tell you like, oh yeah, you should do that. You need to go and experience it yourself. You go and experience it yourself and then you find out what is essential for you. But you need to experience a lot of things in order for you. I mean, for me, I, I experience the highs and low. Then I start to think about, oh, what, what, what kind of thing do I appreciate nowadays? It's like, oh yeah, maybe it's relationship with people. Uh, it becomes not much about stuff that we actually we talk about, that kind of thing. 
yeah, I think having having that courage, I think is the most important. I can't really advise them, but they need to have the courage to go and experience it themselves. They need to find it themselves. Minimalism does help you up to a certain extent, mm. but it cannot help you to really find out eh, what is essential for you. You know, that kind of thing. Courage. Yeah, courage. Go live life. Yeah, go and live. Uh, your... <laughs> After you yodo, then you come back. Yeah, you out, come back. I mean, find out what's if essential. You, yeah, if you, yeah. I'm glad we have this conversation. You mm. haven't shared your personal story on your blog, right? Oh, uh, yeah, correct. Right. So uh, my blog, it started out like- um, Really tips and tricks, right? <laughs> tips and tricks. Like, yeah. it's like uh, During then was like the Marie Kondo, yeah, the magic of Titan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was trending during then. Yeah, so so in this podcast, uh, you're not going to get what, seven tips to declutter your room. What I get is a sense that right now, you're focusing on helping other people instead of hmm. just yourself. Because you have to help yourself first, right? Yeah, you correct. clear your family debt, clear your own debt. And now you're looking outwards into mm. helping other people, yeah, more correct. external. Mm. How's family life? Two kids? And wife was very supportive. Uh, family life. I mean, I've been quite a hands-on husband and a father all this while. Hmm. Because I thought I thought that my wife actually trusted me a lot in this whole journey. So I was like, I I want her to kind of like experience something that probably uh something that most women will want. I mean, hmm. will want their husband to be to be more hands-on and kind of thing. Because most of the time. Husband is like, oh yeah, I'm working, a busy work. Okay, mm. then they don't really deal with the, so the household care the, stuff. You have the kids and the yeah, household. Correct. So oh, now, yeah. nowadays, I'm like taking care of the kids. So my two kids is like eight and five. So I'm taking care of kids. Okay. But I can tell you that taking care of kids is not easy. <laughs> eight and okay. five. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it gets it get it gets easier. easier. But because of the the things that I went through in my twenties, I think I, I like to take up challenges. <laughs> so. Yeah, so, yeah, in a meaningful way. Yeah, in a meaningful yeah. way. So I was trying to help out to make my uh because uh I think traditionally child raising has been always been like a mother's or woman's job, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But I want my wife to feel like there's help out there. And I don't want her to feel like, oh yeah, she's alone in this journey. Mm. So I always very hands-on. Like, basically, I can do anything to a baby, right? I said that uh, other than breastfeeding, right, I can do almost anything. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Showering the kid, <laughs> everything. Yeah, I mean that until is, until uh, one day technology catches yeah, 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 up. Yeah, 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 probably. Yeah, for now you do what yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. now I can, I can still and manage that. In order yeah. to achieve that, you need financial independence, right? Because you mentioned mm. when you are young, your dad is out working, your mom is out working. Yeah, you know, And you and your brother and sister, are like, hey, how come our daddy, mommy is not always at home? Yeah, correct. And now, yeah, yourself, you are very hands on. You get to be at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you work hard to get to where yeah, you are currently. Correct, correct. I basically I just kind of like mirror what. I didn't enjoy like during my younger days. I didn't have like a lot of parents interaction and that kind of thing. So I want to mirror mirror that mm. differently. Right. Like you broke oh, the cycle. I break yeah. my cycle. It's like, oh, you know, now I spend a lot of time with my kids. I learned a lot about my kids, that kind of thing. Then I can kind of like still conduct my financial coaching mm. at the same time. I still manage my, my, my investment at the same time. My wife still go out to work in something that she's very passionate about. I think... I think that that's the ultimate joy that one 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 person could achieve, right? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. That's right. It's like amazing. uh, right uh, sizing your resources, put time in things that you find value in. Mm. Yeah. Rather than just just do things for the sake of what the society wants, that kind of thing. The society, 
expectation. Mm. Yeah, correct. You know what they say about minimalism? Like, how, how do you do minimalism <laughs> with kids? Right? It's oh, yeah, easy yeah, yeah, to single. Yeah. You know, all these vlogs <laughs> are very easy to say. Yeah. But once you have kids, diapers, toys everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> how, yeah, yeah. how minimalist is your household yeah, right yeah, now? Yeah, actually. Uh, <laughs> with two kids, eight and five. Uh. Yeah, yeah. It took me quite a while, actually, frankly speaking. <laughs> <laughs> it, it initially, was a total mess until I moved into my, my new place uh, in 2016. Then I started to do some decluttering, all this stuff. Kid do practice like trying to do a minimalist pregnancy, that kind of thing is like What? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, what? I don't it's know a how it works. Pregnancy. Out. Yeah, it's like basically having a lot of hands me down, don't buy anything new. Oh, okay. Yeah, in, in that way. And then also having lesser stuff, no need to buy too much stuff. And then as human, we tend to over prepare for certain stuff. It's like, mm. wow, the, the arrival of our girl, we need to buy this, buy this. Yeah. Then we're thinking, well, we're over buying. I think as parents, right, you, you, your kasu lah, kasu mentality, right? You yeah, want to give correct. the best for your kids. For right? the kid, you, right? yeah. Yeah. You're buying just in case. Yeah, you know, correct. Buy some more for buffer. Yeah, extra, correct, it's correct. okay. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, we got a lot of hands me down. Then if things doesn't really work out, then we go and get uh, from Carousel, you know. Like, because uh, eventually, I think a lot of things didn't really last long or mm. probably the kid doesn't really need it. So a lot of things has been like wasted. We didn't use it. But using the decluttering skill set that I achieved to mm. kind of like declutter some of stuff, resell it. And kind of, but that takes a lot of effort also. So mm. I think the first thing you must achieve is to think very carefully, do you really need this? But that was just on the on the initial part. Then I think minimalism, it's not about really having lesser things. So we kind of like focus more on experience. Mm. So we brought our girl out for nature walks. Uh, outdoor outdoor playground that kind of thing. We don't really spend a lot of time indoor. So we do like outdoor picnics, probably spend some time at the at the beach, you know, that kind of thing. So basically just let her let her enjoy nature. Mm. I mean nature is free. And if a person ultimately can enjoy nature, she that person can probably enjoy a more more cost efficient life that you don't really have to spend money to bring you joy, that kind of thing. So if you can experience nature, you can experience it anywhere in the world. So I want her to comprehend that in a way. So nowadays, we are like at home. We are like experiencing, uh, I, I do some gardening, do uh, grow some edibles just to let them to teach them something about science like how they how the seeds germinate, how do you cut the, the leaves mm. and then how do you harvest it eventually. And then we also uh, started an aquarium mm. to just kind of like teach them about the whole uh, eco cycle of yeah. like how the fish and the plants cycle of life yeah ah, yeah, which is yeah. literally a cycle of life that kind of thing so so that bring down the screen time because I think nowadays there's too much screen time so they become very oblivious to what is happening around the surrounding uh, what is happening around them like like the social emotional part of it mm-hmm. it's like you know, oh, is my my father angry or not or is he sad or not they don't really notice it because they were so glued to the screen mm-hmm. that they they don't really feel that way so I want them to feel like, hey, life you should live at the moment. Mm. So we kind of like, we will spend a lot of time like uh, sitting in front of the aquarium. Then we were just like observing some fishes swimming. Then they will suddenly ask me, hey, why are all these fishes so happy? They were like playing around in the aquarium. It's like, wow, okay. I, I didn't know that that was called happy for the fish. Mm. Until my kid told me that, oh yeah, they're happy. Oh uh, yeah, okay. Then yeah, they're happy. So they, they become very reactive to certain things that happen at the moment rather than something that is pre-recorded on YouTube or a show, that kind of thing, they really kind of like live at the moment. So uh, we cut down a lot of screen time. So it does help with their curiosity on the environment, uh, how, how, why this bird fly that way, or why why is this bird this color? And then why is this fruit 
brown, you know, that kind of thing. They were was, was, was so observant until the point that I felt, wow, why are you asking me so many questions? Mm. Because to me, it's like, I didn't kind of like grow up that way. So I was like, oh yeah, I was always doing something. You were only on a screen and kind of thing. And they tell me, it's like, wow, they are teaching me how to live at the moment, mm. you know, that kind of feeling. Yeah. So I want to continue doing that. Yeah, that would be the best thing I can. Probably the best value that I can provide for them. Interesting how a conversation on minimalism hmm. led to this. It's like, you mentioned minimalism is not about things. Yeah, it's not about things. It's yeah. so much more than that. Yeah, so if, so if you come into this podcast expecting decluttering tips, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry to disappoint. <laughs> yeah, <correct. laughs> but you can get them on the blog, like I said. Yeah, correct. Minimalist in the city. But we, in fact, went much more deeper than that hmm. to talk about minimalism correct. in your whole life, all aspects of it. Yeah, correct. Probably I haven't even blogged about that yet. But yeah, yeah this this will be something that I will want to blog probably in hmm. future. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Hey, I hope you've learned something useful today and I truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconuts. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community Telegram group, follow us on our socials, sign up for our weekly newsletter. Everything is in the description. If you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. For more information, check out thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, have a great day ahead, stay tuned next week, and remember, personal finance can be chill, clear, and sustainable for all. What has been your best and worst investment you've ever made? Doesn't have to be financial. Can be time, effort, energy. Do you have something in mind? I think the best investment, right, that I made, right, I have the chance to fail very early in my life. Fail, okay. Yeah, correct. Mm. It's failure that brought me to find out what is essential in my life, what is important in my life, what what should I focus on in my life. So the one thing that I appreciate is I during at that point of time, I have the courage and I have the opportunity to venture out into uncharted waters, face my fears. So now I have a life that I can live with lesser regrets. I think that is kind of like my best investment. I mean, you know, if I didn't have courage to, to venture into all these uh, uncharted waters, I, prob- I probably won't start the blog or probably won't reach the stage I am today. So I think that was the best investment. So it's nothing monetary. Mm. So it's all mental and probably your heart. How about the worst investment? <laughs> In a way, I felt that I'm an introvert. So as an introvert, I didn't know that I need to kind of like build relationships. So I didn't have like very good relationship with my my family members, that kind of thing. I didn't really have like good relationship with my friends, you know. So my friends all came together is because we kind of like have a common goal, like we play soccer together. So it's not much about uh, having very close friend that you can have a heart to heart talk. So I find I find I'm because I'm so busy all my life, right? I don't I don't really find like the time to really build out good relationship, like probably to get to know my parents more. To, to know my brother more, to know my sister. Mm. There was one point of time that I was pretty stressed out that I didn't really have a very good relationship with my sister. Mm. So after many, many years back, right, I start to appreciate like, yeah, probably I need to invest more time into our, my relationship. Yeah. Okay. What's, one thing, what's one thing under $100 that has been a life changer for you? So helpful, so useful. Uh, so there are, there are Probably a, a, a few things, but I, I will try to make it. Uh, it was the minimalism uh, documentary about the important things mm. by uh, by the minimalist. So that's okay. where the game changer was. When I when I went through that, that documentary, it, it brought light to me on how I should live my life 
going forward. And then that triggered me to start my blog on WordPress. So uh, together with my wife, we started out that blog, which I we pay like, definitely lesser than $100. So mm-hmm. by blogging as an introvert and by blogging and by writing, I can actually conceptualize a lot of things and I can grasp certain principles uh, better. I didn't know that. I didn't know that I can write. I mean, I, I, I'm not good at writing. I'm not the strongest in my language. But I didn't know that, hey, oh, actually writer, writing can can help me conceptualize my thought, all these things. So uh, that was the game changer for me. Until the point that I felt that this uh, financial this financial roller coaster that I went through, I felt that minimalism is the ultimate thing, right? That people should look out for. Not not just financial independence. Financial independence is just, just something that a lot of people want to achieve. But minimalism is the thing that make me f- think about like, oh, what is essential in your life? What is important in your life? Why, wh- why, how much life energy are you going to spend in, in the passion of yours? Mm-hmm. So that was the game changer for my entire life. Yeah. What's one place that you learn from that you could recommend to us? Preferably something that's underrated. It could be a, a book, a blog, website. Oh, okay. So probably I apart to, from the documentary that you just mentioned. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Probably, probably my own blog. <laughs> <laughs> Check out Minimalist in the City. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of blogs that actually document minimalism in, in locally mm. during then. Yeah. So we try to document it and then we try to mix a bit of like how it link up with financial, that kind of thing. Then it kind of like link up with financial independence in a way. I think I think yeah, blog will be a very good way. But I think another underrated place that a lot of people probably to need to sort out is uh the library or public library. Mm. Yeah, I frequent the library a lot, so that's where I learn about all this thing, and then how I I and it's free. I mean, I I will bring my kids there to read books, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that is very underrated public library. But there's tons of knowledge down there that we can actually learn from. Mm. So the place that would that you need, really need to go to will be the the library. Mm. Yeah. Well, although a blog is called Minimalist in the City, but you mentioned that it's not just about achieving minimalism. Mm. It's also about achieving financial independence as well. Mm. So our listeners, if you're interested, you can go check out minimalistinthecity.com. Any mm. other social media, you know, websites, anything you want to let us know about that you uh, have? The blog mm-hmm. and then the uh, uh, my LinkedIn mm. and then also my Facebook page on Minimalist in the city. Probably you guys can check that out because all my blog posts will will be broadcasted to LinkedIn and then my uh, Facebook. Okay, so, so the keyword minimalist in the city should yeah, get correct. you there. Yeah, should get you there. All right, thank you. Yeah. Okay, thank, thank, you, thank you. Thanks.